0: It is.
1: welcome back everyone it is another episode of the Empire radio podcast I'm Andrew I'm Jeremiah I'm drew and we are so excited you're back uh, with us again um, we've got some exciting stuff today uh, I've got a we've got a, we've got an announcement we're gonna be starting something new today um, we're really excited about that um, first we are going to go into um, a very quick, News segment. We don't have anything super significant, but we do want to make everyone aware that they are releasing a behind the scenes series for the production of the first season of The Mandalorian. And that means this is really exciting. Drum roll, please.
2: Um.
1: (laughs) That was Bert. Thanks, thanks, Drew. I appreciate that. Um, that means that there is going to be more Mandalorian podcast content coming your way. So we we (laughs) we've been on a little bit of a hiatus because uh, the first season obviously is over. We're waiting for the second season to begin. Um, and so if you have binge watched the Mandalorian and listened to the Mandalorian podcast during this quarantine. Um, sweet, thank you for doing that. You've got more content coming your way, and if you haven't, this is a great time to just start. You got time; you're at home. Unfortunately, we all are. <laughs> and just watch an episode of The Mandalorian. Go find the Mandalorian podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and listen to the episode that corresponds to the episode you're watching. Yes, yes, you'll be yes. better for it. So, yeah. So that's that's our little announcement. Uh, no significant. Um, large news for today, but just know that more Mandalorian content is coming, Um, and if you're not aware already, this is a good time to mention that we, um, Empire Radio is a flagship podcast, but we have two other podcasts, one of which is The Mandalorian, which we've been talking about, and the other one, which is um, called Clone Wars Saved, is also dedicated to that show, and so in a similar fashion, we're doing an episode um, of the podcast. For each episode that airs, um, we either record friday or saturday um just directly following us all um having the time to watch the most recent clone wars episode um and things are getting real interesting so now is the time to get caught up and be ready for the next episode of the clone wars save podcast for next week so anyways without speaking further ado
0: speaking of that do we know how many episodes are in the mandalorian documentary thing it's eight eight episodes so that is yeah, eight really, potential more episodes of the Mandalorian podcast, and yeah. are, do we know if they're all dropping the same
1: day or are they weekly? Uh, I think they're weekly, but I'm not sure. Wow, I'm excited because I, I geek out about behind the scenes Dude, stuff, too. especially when it comes to like video production stuff. I like yeah. the Empire of Dreams documentary that they had. Excuse me. Uh, for the original trilogy, it's one of my favorite documentaries of all time. Like, I, I ate every bit of that up.
0: Dude, I just love documentaries in general, so I'm all about this life, so I'm pumped. And you guys should be, too. But anyways, Andrew, take us away.
1: Yeah, so we have a brand new series that we are starting. We're kicking off with this podcast episode called Cantina Discussions. Um, and so for those of you that don't know, you really should. Um, but if you are just tuning in, welcome to the podcast. Um, we have just wrapped up last week a series of, what was it, four weeks? Five weeks. Five weeks where we talked about, we ranked and discussed all the trilogies from the stars universe and then the anthology films. And then we, last week, um, we ranked them all uh, individually. We talked about our ranking. Uh, it was actually really entertaining. And so we thought, you know, we finished up that little mini series. We thought, why not? Start a new series, um, and what it's going to be is th- the three of us um, on rotation. You know, when when we actually bring these segments back, because I don't think this will happen every week. But when we do, um, someone will have a question, and the other two people are not going to know what the question is. We're not going to talk about it ahead of time, so that you guys can get all of the reactions and like the processing and the discussion um, from the cantina. Uh, in real time as it's happening. And so we can take you along for that journey. And so someone is going to have a question, something along the lines of, here's an example. What if Jar Jar was actually a Sith Lord? What would that mean, you know, <laughs> for, the, for the Star Wars universe? And we're going to take, you know, 30 minutes, maybe an hour or whatever, and we're going to just unpack that. And instead of uh, focusing on something, um, you know, a bit more structured where we're like ranking movies and we're talking about a specific thing, We're just going to kind of leave it open-ended after the question gets out there and see what happens. And so hopefully it's going to be entertaining. I'm sure it'll be funny, Um, especially if Jeremiah calls something else trash. Um, The first part of half of everything is trash. (laughs) No, it's been one of my favorite moments from the podcast so far. It's very near (laughs) and dear to my heart. So um, without further ado... Well, on that note, without further ado, <laughs> here is the very first uh, segment issue episode of Cantina Discussions. Sweet. So, in this first episode, Jeremiah, you have the first question. Yeah. So. All right. Um, so, again, first time we're ever hear- Drew and I are ever hearing this. So, lay it on us. What are we talking about? All right. So. I couldn't really boil it down to a specific question, but it's more of like a
2: a topic or confusion I have about the Star Wars. Dude, plot. if you
0: steal mine, I'm gonna be so mad.
2: No, you you're not gonna steal mine. Um, okay. So, if in the last like maybe six months, something about um, Darth Vader doesn't make sense to me. Um,
0: Ooh, I like this already.
2: And so, so in Episode Three. After Anakin turns to the dark side, um he, oh, wow. he becomes dark side come on. Spoil- Spoiler alert. we're Jeez, only seven nah, minutes in. That's yeah, we're like, come on. We're down. like an hour late earlier. Yeah <laughs> but uh uh he turns to the dark side, becomes Vader. Um then later in the uh movie we see Palpatine and he addresses the Senate and he convinces the entire galaxy that the war was designed by the jedi and the jedi were using this war to to overthrow the senate and take take power and that's how the the galaxy um is also against the jedi in this in this time and they go along with the emperor now what i'm confused about with vader is does he also believe this lie did did uh did the the emperor say this to Anakin slash Vader and say no this war was not done by me it was actually done by the Jedi they were the ones trying to take the power and this is why they're evil and I came in to stop it because if Anakin or slash Vader knew that the Emperor was lying then he wouldn't have I, don't, I feel like he wouldn't have gone along with the Emperor for all those years they was like oh you know you're lying you lied about the Jedi they didn't create the war you did and so I feel like Vader never got the full story of what actually happened with the Clone Wars and doesn't realize that Palpatine was the mastermind between the whole, both sides, the Separatists and the Republic.
1: So what do you, do you guys see what I'm kind of asking? Yeah, I have, I have some information. Is it <sighs> canon? No, not technically. Mm-hmm. um but it makes sense it, it makes a lot of sense um it is it is hinted at um in some of the Darth Vader comics so i would wager and i, I think i think that anakin knew i think that uh, that he was aware of what was going on though he was doubtful because you see in, in revenge of the sith um you know the the whole thing where the Jedi Council asks Anakin to essentially spy on the Chancellor for them, mm-hmm. and then the Chancellor's the chance. You know they're they're at the opera, and the Chancellor's like, they asked you to spy on me, didn't they? You know, and he's like, kind of got his nose up at you know at the Jedi and and all these things, and and Anakin, you know, begins to see. Well, yeah, that was I'm sorry, that was really dishonest of them. I'm sorry for agreeing to do that, that whole thing. So like I know that there was some doubt and I know that there was some confusion because in a similar way that Ahsoka had been faced with the reality of what the Jedi were, Anakin had been losing faith in the Jedi Order and the way they were they were doing things. Um I think Anakin knew, but I think I think that there was still a lot of deceptions on on Palpatine's part um to keep Anakin just doubtful enough that he he didn't he wasn't able to fully believe now the interesting thing was that Anakin hated Palpatine because he realized what happened and he realized that Palpatine had a hand in making him what he was and he hated. He hated Palpatine for that. Um, in the the Dark Lord of the Sith trilogy that i mentioned a few times before, in um, I think it's Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, you get these some of these first moments where Vader's in the suit and he he is just unco- has this uncontrollable hatred for Palpatine. He's in the suit like he doesn't have the same mobility. He feels like his mobility is ex- extremely limited. He can't taste. He can't smell like all the things that he loved as 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 a human are stripped away from him. He's in this like this mental and emotional hell. Pa, uh, Padme's dead. You know, Palpatine tells him that he killed her in his own rage. So he thinks he killed his own wife. The like the very reason that he did the entirety of what he did was to save her. Arguably, you know, and so it's like everything has been stripped from him and there's this moment where he like he goes to try to like he i think he throws palpatine across the room or something and then palpatine's like do you you do you really think you can you can like bow up at me and he like hits him with force lightning and cripples him immediately and so then vader vader enters this reality that he's trapped And it fuels his hate more, because he realizes that Palpatine has trapped him in this suit. He will never fully be to his true strength that he could have been. And he, at the time, at least for the foreseeable future, will not be strong enough to kill Palpatine and take his freedom back and take control. And so he's stuck in between, like, I hate Palpatine, I want to kill him, but I can't yet. So I have to stay where I'm at, because where else do I go? Like so now he's emotionally trapped, and it gets it's like strangely psychological. Where he he kind of comes to this point where he's like, okay, here is what I am going to do: I am going to deal with my surroundings, I am going to deal with my situation, and then I am going to gain power until I have the strength to overthrow him, and then I am going to kill him. But so, like, even in the um, even in the Darth Vader comics that are canon, you see these moments between him and Palpatine. Where Palpatine's like, you know, I can sense the hate that you have for me. And just remember, you can't beat me. Like, I'm still more powerful than you, so you need to do what I say. And he 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 essentially traps him. And so, I do think, to answer your question, um, I, I do think Anakin had an idea. But I do think that Anakin could not do anything about it. Because he had no way out. Like he was stuck in that situation because one, he was physically impaired and he was impaired in the force because of that. But then two, Palpatine also used his own emotions to really like throw them back in his face and say, no, 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 no. this is your fault and you're stuck. This is, this is where, this is your reality now. And you have to listen to me because I'm your only way out. And so it was extremely manipulative. Um, and I think, honestly, I think it was quite brilliant from that perspective because, you know, up until the very end, he kept Vader exactly where he wanted him underneath his finger. So.
0: Well, and I think that's why um, Vader kind of portrayed him at the end because that was his final. He was actually able to do it at that moment. And I think a lot of it's just uh, psychological warfare between Palpatine and Vader. Pretty much. All the time. And they kind of mentioned some of that in the Vader, that Thrawn, the second Thrawn book. They're talking about that a little bit. Like, oh, yeah, how, they do. like, they're like, Vader is strong, but then why is this, like, person coming in? And, like, why does Palpatine have so much trust in him? And, like, he's getting mad at Palpatine a lot. And it just shows you that, like, Vader was his own identity like his own person separate almost separate from the empire like kind of it seemed a lot to me like palpatine only used him when you really really need him because he was almost like a ticking time bomb and he was like almost sometimes just too risky to use him all the time
1: well so, he was he, he was painted the picture that was painted for him when the, when the the fall of the jedi first happened and the empire was just created before people knew who Vader was, um, Vader was advertised as Palpatine's main enforcer. And, yeah. you know, he wasn't some, you know, he wasn't Ana- General Anakin Skywalker who had fallen to the dark side. You know, it was, he apparently was some, you know, there were so many rumors, but like one of them was like, well, he's the only Jedi that saw through the lies of the Jedi and actually sided with the Chancellor. And now he's the Chancellor's right-hand man. Because remember, for the longest time, the galaxy didn't know the Chancellor was force sensitive. Like, in fact, very few—I mean, like—I'd say under ten people actually knew that he was a Sith Lord. Like, I—I I don't even know if his his advisors knew that he was force sensitive. And yeah. so, for the longest time, Vader was even like, "Oh, he's just like this enforcer that has is." It's like he's like the Chancellor's main or the Emperor's main bodyguard. Um. And so, you know, a lot of people just thought that he, like you said, he was used when the emperor needed an enforcer when something was a little bit out of the control of like the Moths or a general or something, and they needed a little bit extra, you know, oomph in whatever they were doing. Um, That's who he sent. You know, to to get get the job done. done,
0: Lord Vader. Which now
1: we know because of the Darth, you know, the because of the Darth Vader comic um you know he he also had the inquisitorius so he was directly over the inquisitor program which was a secret program um mm-hmm. you know because of course everything related to the force after order 66 was done in secret so the hunting of the jedi was done in secret um all of the sith research um was done in secret you know um which is why like people like Han Solo didn't even know that
0: exist or didn't believe in it or like yeah. some people didn't even know it was a thing.
1: So yeah. Well, and it's interesting. Um one of the notes that I want to make about the relationship of Vader and Palpatine to that of I guess of the other Sith Lords is that I think that there was genuinely more manipulation on Palpatine's part than there was, there was with any of the other duos we've seen in canon. Um, I can agree. And I, and, and I think Vader's situation was so much more unique because of the way it happened. Um, I, I just think that there's a reason why the Sith kind of came to a climax in Palpatine, you know, like he was really the last great Sith lord. Um and I and I also think you know, if he really wanted to, he could have he could have been the one that actually stayed in power for a very long time, longer than any other Sith lord and become more powerful than any other Sith lord too. Um but all of that to say, his greatest accomplishment I would argue is the fact that he kept Vader under his thumb, successfully. And to be able to do that with such a massively and naturally powerful force user, such as Vader, like, even in the armor, like, the dude was, you know, arguably one of, the, one of the most powerful force users in the history of the universe, even in the armor. Like, Vader was terrifying. And so the fact that he was able to do that is, it just shows, you know, it's a testament to his power. Um, his ability to manipulate, which of course, you know, he also manipulated the entire galaxy through the Clone Wars. So I'm not surprised. But you know, he wrecked Vader. He had a direct hand in wrecking Vader, and then he threw, he like, literally threw that back in his face and was like, "Hey, by the way, this is all your fault. Suck it up. You need to serve me now." And then Vader fell trapped. So,
0: so yeah. What was your question, Jeremiah?
1: <laughs> well,
2: uh, the question is did Vader not know the true like story of what actually happened with the Clone Wars? Because. Yeah. Because like, because Palpatine says to the Senate, like the Jedi were behind the war the whole time. They created the war. They started it. And, you know, he used all this evidence because like part of the evidence was like, they created the clone army because he used Sifo-Dyas as the face of that, and we know that Dooku is the one that comes alongside uh to to fund that and to add to, to see oversee that. Um, but on paper it was Sifo-Dyas, the Jedi who created the army in secret. And so he's from that point forward, it's like they introduced this this war so that they could come in and overthrow the Senate. Because even, uh, I, I believe it was Mace Windu who said that we're going to have to take over the Senate after this war ends to have a peaceful transition or something like that. Yep. And so that even, is, even was... Kind of rubbed a, in their face. What was a possible option that the Jedi were even considering? And so he, the Palpatine convinces the the galaxy that the Jedi created this war and that they're at fault and that's why they're evil and Which so is
0: one of the reasons why Anakin turned well because when they went to go arrest Palpatine to say that he was the one behind all of it right he was like on the fence a little bit
2: right and so so when we see uh, Anakin fight Obi-Wan on uh, Mustafar he says from my point of view the Jedi are evil and so I wonder, at that moment, did An or did uh, Palpatine convince Anakin slash Vader that the Jedi Council is the one who created this war and wanted to take over the universe? It seems like that's what he was convinced of at that moment. Yeah, but- I think
0: he was convinced, but I don't think once he became Vader, I don't think he re- remember, like thought about that no more. I think he could. He saw the full evil.
2: and well, I, but but we know that Vader was torn uh, the whole time that he was Vader. That he because um, even uh, Padme, one of her, might have been her last words was like, "There's there's still light in him," mm-hmm. and so we know that that Vader was not fully committed to the dark side, even though he was consumed by it there was still always a little bit of light. And I wonder if that light somehow at some point realized that Palpatine lied to him the whole time. But if he, if, if but if did he ever get the information to have a definitive, like, no, he lied. He's the one that started the war. He was the, the mastermind behind or not the Jedi. And I feel like if he knew that like early on, like within like, I don't know, the first, six months of being a Sith. Like, did he, would he have stopped being a Sith and corrected the error? But like, as Andrew was saying, he was trapped in that armor and he couldn't, even if he wanted to turn to a light side, six months later, um, he wouldn't have been, have been able to defeat the emperor. And so is yeah. this is this something that's confusing to me because it seems like it's so obvious that the emperor lied to, vader anakin but i wonder at what
1: information did vader actually know about the deception yeah i i think i think there was some that he did know and he was aware of and there was some that he didn't but i think palpatine like really played on his confusion and his doubt right in the like the final moments of revenge of the sith and like order 66 to get into the point where like you know he got him to make that step of killing Mace or of cutting off Mace Windu's hand and then having a a hand in his death and then like you see cuz he that's the moment where he drops and he's like what have I done and he realized he made a huge mistake and then he realized all of a sudden he's like I'm backed into a corner I don't know what to do and that's when palpatine kind of steps in in that throne room and he's like he begins manipulating him so i think anakin was aware of what was going on but like the thing is is the second he killed mace windu i could argue for that moment i could i would also very much argue like without a shadow of a doubt that if that moment isn't the moment the the next moment would be when he is in the suit that after that moment there's no. there is, nothing, there is <laughs> nothing he can do like, he's done. There's nothing yeah. he can do. Like, he's completely powerless to change his situation. Because, like, he's still massively powerful in the Force, and and some might argue even more powerful with the dark side. But he still had to get used to the suit. He well, still he had to learn it. how to fight. Yeah, like, he had to learn how to fight. He had to learn how to meditate in it. He Like, he had to learn how to live a completely He had to learn life. how to walk. Yeah. Which in the uh, in that book, which is now not canon, but it talks about how like you know he immediately starts making modifications to the suit, and I'm pretty sure he does that in the Darth Vader comic too, because he's like, this this is not going to work. This limits my mobility and all these things. And then you know the first few times where you know he fights a Jedi, like legitimately fights a Jedi, he's you know he makes notes about how. Like there are limitations and how he's going to have to fix things. So like, there's a learning curve in perfecting what that suit is, you know. So, it, what you know, I don't, I don't necessarily have a definite answer of, of of you know, did he know or not? But I will tell you this that I, without a shadow of a doubt is that if he knew, by the time he realized it, there was literally no going back. Like he was, he you was. He couldn't do it. anything. Yeah, like he was, he was screwed. And he was trapped.
0: Well, and like everyone, he killed all the younglings. Like there's no going back from that. <laughs> Let's be real.
2: Well, he did come back of it. Return of the Jedi. So it was a happy ending. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah but also,
0: did Luke know that he killed all the younglings?
2: He knew he probably killed tens of thousands of innocent people. <laughs> true. But, uh, true. but also to kind of, Another aspect of it was, um, do you think, because when he pledges himself to Palpatine, uh, do you he part of it was like just make sure that you can save Padme? Do you think yeah. that his commitment to Palpatine, um, uh, apart from whatever he believed about the Jedi. Do you think his commitment was um, mainly about trying to save Padme and like, Oh yeah. 100%. Raising her from the dead or anything 100%, 100%. like that? A hundred percent. So do you think like he chose not to turn back to the light because he had hopes that somehow the dark side could raise her from the dead? Yeah. Well, yes. Cause I know that's and, in okay. like the, the VR thing, right?
1: Yeah, and it's also in the comics, so oh, it, well, it's canon. First, yeah, it is canon. So, um, there's there's three kind of, well, two kind of main points. One in the in the novelization of Revenge of the Sith, um, there is context that you get that you do not get in the movies, and so there is an area in the Jedi archives, um, and I think we've seen this where there's. Um, in one of the episodes of Clone Wars where there's a section of the archives where only a Jedi Master someone with the rank of Jedi Master can access it because it's got Holocron records and stuff and so it's said that that is it's said in the novel that that is kind of where like the most powerful and uh, secrets and knowledge of the Jedi Order are kept and even some of the Sith like if in and so he's he has this vision in the novel, of course, where we see in the movies of of her dying. He's, he starts freaking out. He's like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know. I don't know where to get that information. There's got to be something. And then he says, okay, well, there's got to be something in this archive. But I don't know how to get in because I'm not the rank of master. And so it adds more depth to the moment where the Jedi Council brings him up and is like, we're going to give you a seat on the Council, but we're not giving you the rank of master. And so that outburst that he has in the, in the council room in the movie seems kind of awkward, and you're like, wow, why is he being such a baby? He must be really selfish and really conceited. But at the same time, in the book, they don't know it, but they have they, the Jedi have single-handedly just taken away the one thing he found hope in to try to save Padme. And so he was hoping to be promoted to Master so that he could access – like literally for the sole purpose – of accessing that library, and then they say we're not going to give you the rank of master, and so now he's screwed. He has no idea how to get the information from the Jedi, and so when when Palpatine begins to play into that at the opera and says, you know, the dark side, there, there's a way to do this through the dark side. That is, that's what hooks him. That's one of the, thing, the things that hooks him. The yeah. other thing is that um, there's a full arc at the like in the last portion of the Darth Vader comic from last year where like his whole goal is to create a rift in the between the the physical and the force planes to see if he can go in and bring pa- Padme back from the dead so like Dang. that carries him through like that desire to save her and to be- prevent her from dying and then to later bring her back from the dead like legitimately carries him through the first, like, good portion of his time as a Sith. So, like, I would say, Jeremiah, to answer your question, like, I would say even more so than the doubt that he had with the Jedi, I'd say, and I could argue that the biggest catalyst for him turning to the dark side was actually Padme, and not, like, the distrust and the, quote, mistreatment he had been, you know, given by the Jedi.
2: Quick question: Is the novelization of *Revenge of the Sith* still canon?
1: I, it has, it, ha, it has to be, because it's it. You know, it's a novelization like every other you know novel, like movie novelization. You know, like I know the the book right before it and right after it aren't right, but like there's only one novelization of that movie,
0: right? Yeah, it's canon. It is all the novelization of the movies are canon. But that's pretty much the only books that they took over that's
1: canon. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's why... I, I think it's stupid, but... That's why I liked that, the scene where they don't give him the rank of master so much more. because oh, I get, bet. you get it so much extra depth, you're like, oh my gosh, that makes so much more sense as to why he flips out. You know, because, like, they're literally taking the one last bit of hope that he has to save her away from him within the order. Interesting. Good stuff. Good stuff.
2: Well, that's, that was my Katina question. So are you,
0: are you convinced?
2: Well, it's, there's no definitive answer. I'm just just kidding, but it's, I was just wondering
1: what you guys thought and it was a good discussion. Yeah. So, uh, this, this was our first Cantina discussion um and there's gonna be more i've got a question i know drew's got a question and we're gonna
0: i got a i got a hot question Ashley.
1: yeah i'm pretty so we're gonna we're gonna keep bringing these out we're only gonna do one an episode um because if we did more than one these episodes would be you know three and four hours long so this one's a little bit shorter this time but um this is a great opportunity to interact with us and to um you know go to anchor.fm um forward slash empire radio podcast and leave us a voice message um, describing your thoughts on what you think, um, uh, what Anakin slash Vader actually knew, what he didn't know, you know, that sort of a thing. Um, And who knows, maybe the next time we do a Cantina discussion, we will um, do a quick recap and play your response, you know? Yeah, Um,
0: and after me and Andrew both go through our two questions, the other question will be from one of our lucky listeners so submit your questions as well that'd be really dope if we can
2: yeah that would be super,
1: it, super answer super any questions us. that you guys yeah, have definitely
2: that'd
0: be really fun yeah, for one, us to interact with you guys so
1: one way you can do that is by direct messaging us on instagram um and say hey got an idea for a cantina discussion um here's my question and uh doing the same on facebook that would be super helpful leaving a leaving a post yeah. or something on our facebook oh go, go um,
0: jump in our dms
2: as yeah, the yeah. Kids say these days. You can also uh, do it on Facebook too.
0: Yeah,
1: that's, that's what we were saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they just said Instagram. Sorry. Yeah. So, but just um, yeah. If you if you've got a question, if you got something you want to hear us talk about, uh, you know, seriously, we're open to ideas and we'd love to hear it from you guys. So, um, I thought this is a really good start to our new series, Cantina Discussions. Um, but we will for sure be back uh, with more of these. Yep. Yeah. Sweet. Well, um, one of the things that I, I wanted to ask you guys about before we uh finished is do you want to give a quick me to give a quick word about our sponsor?
2: Definitely.
0: For sure.
1: Sweet. So uh this episode is a little bit shorter, so I'm just gonna go ahead and give a quick blurb myself and not actually cut to um the ad that we normally do. But today's uh, sponsor for this episode is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. Um, they are a local Minneapolis coffee roaster um, and shop, and they are award-winning. They make fantastic coffee. Um, I'm a subscriber myself, um, and they have a coffee subscription that allows you to get coffee beans delivered straight to your door um, on a weekly, biweekly, and a monthly basis. And uh, it's literally perfect for uh, being stuck at home in quarantine um when a lot of your favorite coffee shops are closed um so as a subscriber myself um, i can guarantee you that there will be no regrets um like that moment we talked about where anakin realized he had killed a bunch of people and he's like what have i done that's not going to happen when you buy this coffee i promise um so invest in some really good quality coffee go to wesleyandrews.cc and when you start your subscription um you can use the code empire radio with a capital e and a capital R no space. So that literally the name of this podcast, Empire Radio, capital E, capital R, no space. It will give you 50, that is half of 100, 50% off your first subscription purchase. I did it. It works. Um, it definitely helps you out by saving you money, but it also helps uh, support a local business um, that definitely needs your support during this pandemic um, and it helps support us as a podcast. And we would greatly appreciate it. So again, that is WesleyAndrews.cc, and the code is Empire Radio with a capital E and a capital R. Um, so yeah, give them a give them a shout out. Check them out. Get a subscription going. Um, I promise you, you're gonna love every single bit of coffee that you make. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, without
1: Alrighty. further ado, uh, this has been another episode of the Empire Radio Podcast. And the kickoff to our new uh, recurring mini series called Cantina Discussions. I'm Andrew. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Drew. And may the force be with you.
2: Always.